now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. All right, here we go. Five o'clock hour. Cofield along with Adam Hill. He's the company. Ari's here running the show. Finley Toyota Studios. Let's come out with some headlines here. and We'll move into the football frenzy. Want to talk about Golden Knights. If you missed the news this morning, Knights win, Knights win, Knights win. Devontae Adams today loses. Misdemeanor assault charge filed by the police in Kansas City. That's coming up inside of 10 minutes. But Something very pressing. We all see prices going up. Sure. For food, for gas, really for everything. It sucks. But when you discuss these topics, be somewhat truthful. (laughs) Be somewhat truthful. First of all, I know where you're going with this. I think he's truthful. I think this guy is lying out his keister. I want the evidence presented here. Uh, here's a guy who, who's he on with Cavuto? Yeah. He's a guest of, uh, Neil Cavuto talking about inflation and he tries to throw something out, which is absolutely absurd. You want to know how bad inflation is yesterday? Yes. I had a nice lunch at Taco Bell cost me about $28 at Taco Bell for lunch. People need to pay for those things. And they do that by getting jobs and getting in the economy and getting active and getting involved. Wait a minute. You spent $28 at Taco Bell for just yourself. (laughs) For lunch, yeah, it's really? it's true. It's not true. You're lying. <laughs> it might be. No. There okay, are first, some first premium. It, it, there's some premium items on the menu. Who was who was the guest? Joey Chestnut. No. I went. I never go to Taco Bell unless it's like a, a late stop and I want to clear out the system. Right. I went and grabbed lunch the other day. It was forty eight dollars. It was four dollars and forty eight cents. I'm fat. I was full. You can't. What? What are you eating? One person, twenty eight dollars. What are we doing? You're fibbing. I'm not saying prices haven't gone up because even I looked at the Bell's menu and I was like, "Ooh, okay." Like I remember the day of tacos being as much, but the Bell. Like, but there were thirty nine, fifty nine, and seventy. What, what's the <laughs> without giving them seventeen hundred free pops here? What's What's the highest item? Do they have an item that's over six bucks? An individual item? They have to. You'd four of those in a drink? It's but, 28 but bucks. Some giant burrito, four of them for lunch? Come on, man. First of all. And and hey, listen, if the guy was in New York, you know, some metropolis, it's going to be a little more pricey. But stop. There's no there's no $28 lunch at the Bell. I fully believe what he it's was saying. It's silly. Uh, also, for, for okay, before I even make this point. Do you believe he even ate Taco Bell? No, neither do I. No, I think he made that up, up, and then he just, and that's why he just threw out a price. Like you had steak for lunch at a ritzy restaurant. So I'm gonna say, and it cost you eighty dollars for yourself. So you just you were like, well, you know, fast food tacos must be twenty eight dollars. I'll just you know try to extrapolate. I believe he did go to Taco Bell. Okay. No, uh, I think he. I my guess. I'm going to make a total guess here just yeah. <laughs> based on absolutely nothing. First of all, Cavuto did make the reference that you did. He goes, dude, you're skinny. I'm fat. M- my order's not even $28. Uh-huh. Like, he did go there. Uh-huh. But I'm going to say that he ordered from a delivery app. Oh, okay. That there was a charge for the delivery. Right. That he There was a tip, although that guy didn't look like he's a tipper. 
uh, there's a charge for the delivery. There's a tip. Okay, now this is it, completely out of bounds. So, this is completely out of bounds. If you're doing delivery and tipping, because no one tips at at fast food restaurants, very few do. So now you're just you're going the extra mile. You're also wasting money, not on the tip, but on the delivery. And by the way, I mean, a place like that can can eat the whatever this eat that dash thirty percent charge. Yeah, because I I don't think people pay attention when yeah. when you use these services. They're they're crushing. They're like the restaurants getting the business, but they're also getting crushed. We I, I forget where we ordered the other day. Oh, it was a local sub shop, and uh, and the SO is like, yeah, I want I want this, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go pick it up. Yeah, I'll go pick it up. Like I, I would say, like I, a, I, who knows what what happened, but whatever. I, I try to make an effort not to. Not to do that, but long, so with, back with, to the beginning with, of this. 20, with, you, you, this guy is long, he doesn't he has no idea what food costs. No uh, Mexican pizza, by the way, looks like might be the most expensive menu. What uh, is it? Uh, is it over menu. six? No. Four, what do you think four, they charge in Manhattan? Like ten bucks for a Mexican pizza? Four four forty nine. It's four forty nine. What if you got five of them? Yeah. You're, and by the way, I will admit to being just as ignorant the other way as this guy. I have no idea what the most expensive item on any fast food menu is. Because you only get the cheap ones. I, as soon as I look at it, I'm, I, I, I look right to the dollar menu or whatever it is, two bucks. Why did this guy just go to Del Taco? Maybe they weren't around. It's like Taco Tuesday. If it was like in the Northeast, I don't, I don't, I don't know how uh, you know far east Del Taco has mm, expanded to. Fair point. Well, we don't know that he's in Manhattan. Lunch. We're just assuming because he's on the show. He wasn't in studio. He was well, I was trying in. to give him a break and say he was somewhere very expensive. But what if he's in Tokyo? Well, now we got to do some research. You're right. <laughs> I, did, I don't know what the, the inflated thought, prices of American fast food places are in uh, foreign countries and big cities. They, he definitely could have run up the bill that way. But uh, f- of course, I, I think the bottom line is I don't. I don't believe this guy's ever been to Taco Bell. I, don't know, I guess I could I could stop on the way home and try to get food for myself and see how much, like what I would get for twenty eight. I would never finish it. Well, we already have one of our uh, one of our good friends here on the show is uh, is doing that experiment today. We're uh, we're putting money together. Uh, he's going to take twenty eight dollars to Taco Bell to say, "Give me everything I can get." Right. Like, what can you what can you put together, and we'll do this. Uh, but you then know- you, you. But I think the fair thing is though, you have to eat it. It can't be I'm going to stow away three items. Like you have to eat it. Sure. That like eat like a normal lunch where you're not going to be asleep the rest of the day. So shout, shout out to Danny. He's going over to Taco Bell okay, for us good. to do this. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll also say you, the immediate joke that everyone made, of course, was that this guy was just super high and is ordering a lot of Taco Bell, which is also possible. You're right. I still don't <laughs> think you can eat all of it. I think you could. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of beans and cheese it and really, weight. Really, is. a lot the, of sauce. I can go veggie with the vegetarian Mexican pizza. Seems a little bit healthier. All right. I, I'll, I'll stand down. Maybe this is possible. You're just wrong. You don't. You don't order strong enough at Taco Bell. Golden Knights win last night. They win the opener. So one of the big stories this year is hey, no Leonard. We're familiar with Logan Thompson. Brassois, he's practicing today, right? Not not back yeah. yet, but yeah. made an appearance. What do you think of Thompson last night? He was fine. I mean, I think, and that's that's kind of what you need. You, you need him to be fine. If he's not a disaster, I think you have the the scoring power, and I think you have the defensive system that's going to keep a lot of pucks away from him. Um, I, I think that there's a lot the lot that you can do to succeed with this team if your goaltending is just fine. And, and I thought it was fine last night. That's what they need out of it. It's kind of we talk about the Raiders. Nobody expects the offensive line to be the best in the league. But if they're like 15th, 18th, more than good enough with all the skill positions they have. And that's that's kind of what they bet. I think Logan Thompson, if he's middle of the pack goaltender, that is 
between him and Brassois and potentially Aiden Hill if he plays, if they are right in the middle of the pack of the league, that should be more than good enough for this team to succeed. Football frenzy. We mix it up after 5 o'clock. Uh, big game for UNLV on Saturday going against Air Force. Last year, they just got beat up. 48-14. This is a series they've not had a lot of success in. They're going on almost 10 years now without a win. If I'm correct, I think Caleb Herring was actually the quarterback when they won up there in uh, very chill temperatures. They've had all sorts of experiences. They've been blown off the field. Last year, Air Force didn't have to throw a pass and rush for 5-11. There were also back-to-back games with Tony Sanchez where they were very much in the game and just some key mistakes. One game, they had a big blown lead. I consider this a rivalry. You just don't like Air Force. You're very anti-patriotic. I'm not anti-patriotic, but I I was going to ask you, is it bad to say about Air Force football that they play kind of a dirty brand of football with the blocking? I don't think you're allowed to. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Are, are we allowed to talk about their brand of football, honestly? I mean, if you're Russian. <laughs> All right. <laughs> It's something that's basically been outlawed across the sport, you know, blocking low, blocking at the knee. We know you can't touch a quarterback doing that. Yeah. And, I, and the, the thing is that we don't need to sit here and bash uh, Air Force in the football. They play necessarily. But when you're a player, can that get into your head where you're like, son of a – like it almost throws you off. It up. almost throws you off because you're like, I, I really want to protect – my legs here, and then now they've got me kind of mentally jacked up. Well, I think it's part of it. I mean, part yeah. of it is is the actual blocking. Yep. And part of it is you might be a step slow to get to where you need to be because you're looking around to make sure nobody's coming at your knees. Like, it's also an incredibly annoying style of football of that you never face with the option. And last year, and in years past, it's just I, I can imagine being a defensive player. Like, hey, I thought I did everything right. I had the eye discipline, which we're going to hear a million times. Believe me, you hear it on the sidelines as well when they're trying to correct things. Um, they're they're tough, and I, you know what? I give it. I give a ton of credit to Calhoun and what he's built because they find players. This guy Brad Roberts, their running back, who's got like seven oh nine on the on the ground this year. Last year, I think he played like a half against UNLV. He had sixteen for ninety eight and two touchdowns. And like you look back, and it's like no one recruited the guy. They find guy the the quarterback is actually from my area, from New Jersey, like a decent throwing quarterback, probably like third team all area, and now he's you know one of the best you know option quarterbacks they've had in a long time. They just find guys in in all areas, and obviously they have high standards of who they're looking for, but they yeah. still find good football players. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's they also do have. It's weird because their pool is smaller of who they're able to actually recruit from. Uh, and I, I know this a little bit from dealing with Ivy League, too. Your pool is smaller, but guys that you tend to go after, you do tend to get. So, like, you do tend to get a fair number of your actual targets because, right. the you know, they're, they're kind of guys that are flying under the radar for the most part. But, yeah, they've built, obviously, a very good thing. And there's, there's kids that want to go play football there instead of just wanting to go to school there. Which is, you know, something that is is very beneficial to their program because they've had success and because they've, you know, shown that they can win at a pretty high level and you can go there and, and get the great education and the great uh, you know, experience that you get there and also play high level football. And that's that's something that they've done for a while now. Three six four eleven hundred, three six four one one zero zero, caller seven and eight. We're giving away a four pack of tickets, boys night out in this moment concert. It's at House of Blues. It's coming up on the fourteenth. That's this week, Friday, Friday, Friday. You can get your tickets at Ticketmaster.com 
Call our 788-364-1100. Boys Night Out. Four-pack of tickets in this moment concert over at House of Blues. So top story in this hour. The Chipotle Cheddar Chalupa? Uh, no. Four, top story in this hour is when you see two stories come down the wire and you're like, wait, how come this one seems pretty severe and this one seems like a slap on the wrist? Devontae Adams for knocking a guy down who ran into him or ran across his path has been charged with misdemeanor assault and maybe facing a suspension from the NFL. On video, in practice, we see Warriors, Draymond Green, knocking out a teammate. Now, whether you agree with KC and the police department or not, Oakland PD, where are you? And if I'm correct, they do train in Oakland. I think they actually use Oracle. Well, I mean, isn't this a little bit weird? No, but isn't isn't it you know just a simple case of the victim and one victim wants to press charges and one doesn't? Okay. So he Jordan Poole would have to go to the police. I think so. Okay. And I don't think Jordan, I don't think Jordan Poole is going to do that. No, police can't initiate the action on their own. I don't think Jordan Poole is looking for a payday. I oh, I don't. I don't think it's a matter. Of, I, I don't think it's a matter of a payday, but I mean, matter of a payday. I think. What's right is right. You can't just walk up to someone at the workplace and punch them in the face and knock them out. I, I mean, I have no idea if this is true. I would imagine that the police asked him if he wanted to press charges. I would I, I imagine that happened. Yeah. I would think. Or unless you, unless you just have to make the first move and go in there. But I, I would imagine that somebody came to him and said, hey, if you want to, we can move forward with this. And he said, no. I also don't know. Again, we've also often talked about escalation of force. Like Jordan Poole did strike first. Now, I think from what we've talked to Justin Justin Watkins in the past about, it was it was an escalation beyond what was necessary. So there would still be something there. But I Jordan Poole did strike first. It obviously didn't deserve what came back at him. He was just not pushing a guy away that was trying to get in his face and intimidate him and then got knocked out for it. But I I don't know how that if that would play into it as well. Robert Griffin, former NFL player, now an analyst, had the question this morning, uh, if they charging Devontae Adams with misdemeanor assault for a push, what are they charging Draymond Green with? So you answered it. I'm sure it would be just as severe, if not more so. Beyond a misdemeanor assault, I would think. I would, I would think so. By the way, Robert Griffin is goofy. Yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah. yeah I was watching him. He is, he's, he's pretty funny, and he's he's very funny on set because he's he's willing to shack the fool. Sure. And I saw him doing the Oregon uh, Oregon State-Stanford game the other night, which was one of the worst games ever played, and then all of a sudden got entertaining for the last, like, 30 seconds. Uh, but he was he, he, he marched in the band pregame, which I guess he was maybe going to go to school on a band scholarship at some point he talked about. Hmm. So he was part of the band, and then he was, like, dancing with the tree – and he was wearing the band outfit in the in the Perfect. booth. He was he's embracing being the the kind of silly, I don't want to say doofus, but the you know the goofy guy. Didn't he tweet out about ten days ago after two teams didn't play a lot of D that Antonio Brown had shown more D in Dubai than these two teams? <laughs> solid. That is very solid. It's a good tweet. Oh, a sick situation. He also AB, but by the way, if I think the game is still available on ESPN Plus, if you go back and watch it. He could not stop making puns about Oregon State's nickname. Uh, I saw a little bit of he that. Could I mean, not how, stop. How, how old are we? Come on. I know, but he would not stop. It you was, and I, dro- you and I dropped the beaver thing when we were like 12. Yeah. But he kept doing it, and it was so obvious that he was doing it. 
With that Muttley laugh. Stanford's really pounding the beavers. (laughs) But he did it over and over again. Is everyone afraid of the players, the (laughs) ex-players? Someone just step in and say, all right, we get it. We get it. All right. It's been a joke for a long time. We get it. But it was funny in in the repetitiveness. Like Two or three, you're like, okay, that's whatever. But the fact that he did it like 50 times at some point, you're like, he's still doing this? This is ridiculous. Join Cofield and company on Thursdays for the live 2 to 5 show at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. During all NFL games this season, get 77 cent beers. It's Thursday Night Football at Silver 7's Flamingo in Paradise. You're listening to Cofield and company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's all personal. You know, everyone's got different situations they're dealing with, so we all have really unique challenges to our life, and I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on, so. He had a chance to be a role model to families and to men about when it's time to step back and take over and, and be there for your wife and be there for your kids, and he chose a ball, a football like a teenager. That's the point. You know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can. So depressing. I pointed it out at the time. We knew something was going on. I felt so bad for... Tom Brady, and then we got some TikTok lady. That was Giselle. Was not Giselle in this case. I think it was. He chose a ball. <laughs> That's her. It's Giselle. That was her talking to their divorce attorney. Yeah. If Tom Brady walked away in his prime from football, the example he would set for me would be horrible. I would hate that so much. So Me too. By not, way, not all men look at it the same way. There's breaking relationship news, by the way. Do we have to do it right now? Yes. Is, it, is it Kanye and LeBron? No, it's Tom Brady. Oh, no. Come on, I can't take any more bad news. It's not, it might not be feel bad. terrible about Devontae Adams. Feel terrible for Jordan Poole today. Some some random person, I yeah. I don't know who this person is, uh, posted a meme on Instagram uh-huh. uh, with a quote from somebody named Jay Shetty. I don't know who that is either. That says, you can't be in a committed relationship with someone who is inconsistent with you. Read that again. You can't be in a committed relationship with someone who is inconsistent with you. Okay. I get it. And the first comment is from Giselle, who did the prayer hands emoji. What? Yes. Get out of here. That's, that's true. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> we had a quick discussion during the break about, I was mentioning to you, there's a, there's a job that's basically been rendered completely irrelevant, and I think it's great for America. Not rooting against anyone in their careers, but... Uh, the food critic of the past, no one cares. Yeah. No one cares what you have to say. And we really shouldn't have ever cared because they wielded so much power in different local markets. Now we've got a whole world of everyone can be a foodie. Everyone can put out food porn. We can all judge it. I, I think it's awesome. And it's awesome for restaurants. So speaking of that, we're doing a, a foodie podcast, the UNLV Broadcasters Bites podcast. We taped that tonight. So... In town and especially out of town, we will chronicle some of the visits we make to Mountain West Conference cities and the restaurants and bars. Can we have Raiders? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Actually, we can we can just take off the UNLV part. You can do it. I don't think you'll do it, though. We okay. take pictures, and then we're doing PFF rankings. In this case, they're pro-foodie focus. Dude, you know that I don't like spicy food, and I went to get hot chicken in Nashville, and I got the okay. second hottest one hey, you know possible. What? You're part of it because we love talking about this stuff, but you gotta you got to remember to do the pictures. John Von Tobel was on the road with us in San Jose, and I'm like, and I got there late. So they went to a barbecue restaurant. I'm like, hey, you got some pictures? We talked about getting pictures. He's like, I was really hungry, man. I forgot. 
Like, no! Did he get, Gotta get pictures! $28 in Taco Bell? Man, he got hardcore, though. He had a breakfast. We put the picture up. It's at Steve Cofield, at UNLV All Access. Um, I think they rated everything a little too high. Uh, if we're going by true PFF rankings, I think about 60 to 65 is average. You get into the 90s, it's like unheard of. 80s, you had a really good meal. 70s is, you know, above average. And then you start getting down to like Alex Leatherwood blocking. And then you're in the 20s and 30s. Poor guy. Yeah, I know. But JVT on a breakfast said, omelet was lacking on filling. Center loaded. Something I'd never thought about before. Oh, it drives me nuts. It's why it's why I, I found a breakfast place here that I really like. and It's very well distributed. The so omelet. the idea is once they start folding it over, there better be filling throughout the entire omelet, not just a like a... Yeah, and like I a think bulk in the middle, and I think it's especially when when you're when you're you know a, a kitchen is overstressed and you're cook. I don't know how to cook an omelet, but I I think you just you start cooking the egg and then you put the right. stuff in it. You want to spread it out, uh, but then you you just get overstressed and you just throw all the toppings right in the middle, and then just they just fold it over and it's all just stuck right there in the middle. Yeah, JVT gave his breakfast a seventy four point three. Omelet was uh, center loaded. Potatoes were best part of the meal. Really well seasoned and cooked. Uh, soft toast, big negative. Not all of us are making sandwiches for a one a.m. flight. Do you know what that means? Probably a shot at you. Yes, because yes. you like to take food from a restaurant and then repurpose it. I will hoard it for later that night because if I I might not have food late night, and if I have a little snack, if I have a little travel snack, you can't just carry. Eggs and toast around with you. Yes, you can. Actually, okay. I I made the realization too because I do it all the time that I do have to, to pack. Uh, I have to pack at least one little Tupperware on the road. <laughs> Smart, right? Sure. So check it out. It's, it's, I mean, it's incredibly cheap. We'll release sure. the audio tomorrow with more reaction from the San Jose trip. Um, I'm also I will say the highest graded meal the entire way was actually the free sandwich we got at the half which, of course, I didn't eat from San Jose, and I brought it on the plane. Oh, my God. At 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, the turkey focaccia. No spice cake. Come on, Spartans. No, no spice cake. That's sad. That was great. It was great. Today after Cofield and Company, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. All right, continuing our wall-to-wall coverage of Devontae Adams, the push heard around Kansas City. And now today we find out Kansas City police have filed charges against Devontae Adams for knocking down this uh, media camera dude in the tunnel. Uh, We are outraged. We are outraged, for the most part, in Las Vegas about this. In Kansas City, Bob Fesco is up with us. He does sports radio there on 610 Sports Radio. Bob, are you outraged as well? Are you mad? (laughs) Uh, I'm outraged that I hear an In-N-Out commercial and I sit here in the middle of the country without In-N-Out burgers. So if you want to talk about outrage, my friend, that's what the outrage for me is all about today. Why is Kansas City, why is the police department trying to make an example of and screw Devontae Adams? Well, because he was a jerk. I mean, you know, athletes for years have gotten away with doing whatever they want and everybody bailing them out and looking the other way. I I hope Devontae Adams gets a, a normal punishment that a normal human being would get in this type of situation, whatever that is. Now, the six months in jail is ridiculous. I don't think anybody deserves six months. It's really weird because it's a six months in jail or a $1,000 fine. They don't seem to be very, like, on the same page, you know? If you were going to say a $100,000 fine and six months in jail, I'm like, okay, I can see how they're kind of even, but a $1,000 fine or six months in jail, I mean, it, it seems totally opposite ends of the spectrum on this. So Raiders kick a field goal, win the game, 
Travis Kelce angry, walks off the field. Cameraman jumps in front of him. He knocks him down. He's also cited and charged? <laughs> uh, well, if, if the guy files a police report, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I would imagine so. That's not lost in the police department somewhere? <laughs> uh, probably not. I mean, that, that, there's too much video evidence. That's the thing. Like, if this is a he said, she said type of thing, you're probably like, all right, you know, who's making what up? But there's clear video evidence of this one. What was, well, you were on early this morning, right? Before the charges got filed, correct? Yeah. I mean, we haven't, honestly, guys, we haven't talked about this probably <laughs> as much as, as you guys have yeah. because we're just kind of sitting back and we're like, oh, we play you one more time, and by that time the Raiders will be eliminated anyway, so what the hell does it matter if Devontae Adams is part of the team? But I, I think at, at, at this point in time, like it, it's probably a bigger story out there in Las Vegas than it is here in KC. Well, we we took him to task for his behavior after the push. Like It's one thing if someone crosses in front of you, you have contact. Maybe you thought it was someone running on the field. That's happened recently, so split second you push him down. I just didn't like the fact that he walked right by him. Like I think anyone, you know, in right mind, a decent person, at least try to help the guy up. Well, yeah, he like stepped over the dude, and, and, and I don't know who the bobo was in front of him that just kind of walked ahead with the equipment back, too. He kind of looked at him as like, uh, not my problem. So it was, it was, yeah, you're right. The reaction afterwards was pretty telling. I thought he pushes the guy down and just continues on like he did nothing wrong. So what's your reaction to the guy looking for charges? And a lot of people are going after him saying, hey, this is a money grab. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it probably is a money grab, but, I mean, he did go to the hospital. He did suffer, quote-unquote, whiplash, as they said, maybe a minor concussion, some head injuries. And, you know, like, like I said earlier, I, I think we have to start holding athletes accountable. I mean, for so many years, these guys start playing sports great in, in you know, eighth grade, and they get an F turned to a D, and they get to play that night. They get into college, and, and they're underage drinking or whatever it is, and we are able to sweep it under the rug and look the other way. and. They continue to get away with stuff because they're great athletes. And, and as a guy who's 45 years old, I'm, I'm kind of tired of watching athletes get away with everything that the normal average person wouldn't get away with. I mean, if that's on the street, who knows what happens in that type of situation? Bob Fesco, 610 Sports in Kansas City is with us. Stick with me. I'm going to read you a tweet, and okay. I'll get your reaction. Tyreek Hill, Britt Reed, Jovan Belcher, Frank Clark, Kareem Hunt Jr., DeAndre Baker, we barely knew the court system in Kansas City existed, but with Devontae Adams, all of a sudden, it's got teeth. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I was never a fan of going after, you know, Tyreek Hill and bringing him here in into Kansas City. The Belcher stuff, obviously, was was something in totally different stratosphere than than what we're dealing with right now. That was one of the that 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 is the most unbelievable, unreal, sick situation that I've ever covered and and been part of. And sad situation you know, as well in, in that type of stuff. But, I mean, I, I guess I, I guess you look at it and you have to probably think to yourself a little bit like what you're thinking right now. Huh, I wonder if this guy was a chief if this would have happened. I like to think that it probably would have been done the same way because of the evidence. But, again, it, it all goes back to the guy who was pushed down. If he doesn't file charges, we're not having this conversation today. Bob Fesco's with us. All right, let's talk a little football here. Uh, where is everyone now on Tyreek Hill on the move to the Dolphins? Well, I, I said from the day they traded him, I'm good riddance. See you later, man. I mean, teams don't need the uh, the wide receiver to win a Super Bowl when you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I mean, this is a quarterback head coach league, and this has been exactly how I thought it was going to be. I mean, March and April and May and June, we have to hear about the national media complaining about this team. It's not going to be any good. They lost Tyreek Hill. Oh, my God. And I kept saying, they've got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. They'll figure this thing out. 
and they'll find a way to get this done. And, and that's what they've done. It's been a different offense than what we've seen. You know, the 75-yard you know, touchdown pass on one play, those kind of things are, are gone. But it's a different type of offense. Patrick Mahomes had these camps you know, in the offseason where he brought everybody to, to Texas, and they went down there and kind of fell in love with each other, if you will, and, and it's starting to show on the field. And Patrick Mahomes' numbers at this point of the season are really no different than anything we've kind of seen before even with Tyreek Hill there. Maybe he's got a couple less yards, but his touchdowns are the same. His interceptions are roughly around the same. And they're sitting at 4-1 and one right now. So, I mean, it, it's doing exactly what we thought because of the head coach and the quarterback. I'm still caught up on somebody wanting Jovan Belcher prosecuted posthumously. That's wild. Uh, this game this week, uh, Chiefs-Bills, I know it's big for the other side. Does it matter in Kansas City? Yeah, it's funny you say that because it, it matters to me. I, I want to beat those guys. I, I want to be Buffalo because it means at the end of the year you have the bye and you have home field advantage in the playoffs. And I don't think anybody wants to travel to Buffalo in January so or early February whenever the championship game is this year. So I think it's big from that standpoint. But I don't think the team necessarily gets caught up in the day-to-day regular season stuff that we do. We had uh, Sean Barber, uh, former chief, in studio a couple of weeks ago, and he made a great point that's kind of stuck with me since then. He goes, you got to look at the season like, like a storybook, and each, each week is a different chapter. And it may not, the chapter may not end the way you want it to, but they're all building on each other towards a crescendo to the end. And so if they go out there and they lose this game, I think they'll be you know, upset because you put in a week's worth of effort and you lose a football game and you, know, you spend 18 hours in a facility sleeping, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think big picture they're going to lose a heck of a lot of sleep on it because they'll say our goal is still the same, and that's to go out there and win the Super Bowl. You kind of blew off the Raiders a little earlier. Uh, they did give you a lot of trouble with the run game, yeah. and uh, throwing deep was kind of easy for Derek Carr. N- nothing to worry about for the Chiefs? Well, hopefully they get uh, Trent McDuffie back from the uh, from the injured list this week, and they get a little bit healthier with Mike Dana coming back along that you know defensive line, and, and they can score some points uh, on offense, hopefully, and not have to – worry about having a last-second pass where two guys trip over each other and fall on their faces like the Three Stooges to save them out of a game. You know, the, the, the Raiders, look, I, I people want to you know, talk about the team being 1-4 and four right now. They play the Chiefs tough for the most part every single time. So you knew that game was going to be a dogfight. Bob Fesco's with us, 6-10 sports. All right, so you said Adams and the push wasn't a big topic. The roughing the passer must have been. Has Kansas City come to a conclusion about what we need to do with roughing the passer in the NFL? Well, I think it needs to have a third party review it, or you put flags on the quarterback. One or the other here. We, we, we've got to find a way to figure out a way to, to, to regulate this thing where you're only flagging egregious penalties. And the two we saw over the weekend were not egregious at all. I mean, the, the one that Chris Jones had, obviously not, and the one Grady Jarrett had, the day before down in Atlanta obviously wasn't an egregious penalty. I think the way you have to look at these um, these penalties right now is if it looks like pass or, or like roughing the passer, then throw the flag. Don't throw the flag just because the quarterback got tackled. But there's if there's a physical abuse or you're throwing the quarterback around or if it's over the top, throw the flag. Otherwise, otherwise swallow your whistle, man, and just let it go. So, as this team continues to develop, and you talked about you know them coming together offensively. Uh, how much how much better? I mean, I just can't quantify that. But how much better do you think this team will be at the end of the year than they are now? Oh, I think I think this football team is not even close to reaching its potential. I mean, we're just now seeing MVS and Juju Smith Schuster kind of really start to fit into this offense. The last couple of weeks, they've gotten better, and you know, the running game isn't quite there yet. A couple of weeks ago, we really saw Ceh and Isaiah Pacheco run hard and run with a purpose. 
didn't do that against the Raiders. The, the Raiders did a great job up front of the line of scrimmage in the first half of that game to really kind of take the run game away. Maybe uh, maybe Jerick McKinnon gets involved a little bit more, but I don't even think they've scratched the surface of where their potential is. I think this defense that they have right now, though, is the best of the Spagnuolo era, and that includes one that won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. All right, Bob, let's close strong around where we started, right? Abhorrent behavior. Was there a big push from you, from other media people in Kansas City, to discover slash out the morons who were throwing stuff at the Raiders as they were walking off the field at the half? Yeah, you know, I, I don't condone that at all, Steve. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. If you go to a game and you're throwing stuff out onto the field, bottles, cans, whatever the case may be, you should be banned for life from that stadium. There, there just is no place for it. And it seems like it's happening all too often right now, or we all just have camera phones, and so everything is now caught on tape and everybody sees everything, and you can find the individuals that are doing that. But if, if they're going to go out there and they're going to try to find the folks who are throwing bottles and cans on the field, then absolutely take their season tickets away and don't let them back in the building. To your knowledge, there's been no pictures out. There's really nothing has been discovered. I haven't seen much about that, yeah. now. Well, you're a Giants fan. You remember uh, it was a couple of Giants fans who got in trouble for throwing snowballs, and I know Philly Snowball. was known for that. But they got, they got caught, and they, they were on the front page of whatever it was, the Post or the Daily News, and got slaughtered. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and absolutely. I mean, if, if the video surfaces and we've got pictures of these guys throwing bottles on the field, absolutely. I'll crush them as well. There's no need for that. I mean, you, you, you just can't do that when you go to a sporting event. Your ticket doesn't give you a license to throw things at people. This was a productive conversation, and I feel like you've you've come a long way with some respect for the Raiders because we had John about three years ago, and you referenced the Raiders as being basically a booger on the hand of the Chiefs that they just had to flick <laughs> off every time they played. So. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, I like this. Still kind of feel the same way. <laughs> okay. it's a little bit right now. Right. I mean, one and four is not indicative of, of, of how good I don't think that football team is right yeah. now. Bob, we know you're a busy guy. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time. You got it, my friend. Anytime. I'm kind of disappointed. I thought he was going to just absolutely slaughter Devontae Adams, but some common sense there. Some common sense. Sure. Do you think he forgot about the booger comment? Because I didn't. I don't think he forgot. I think he knows. Yeah. But I also think it was, it's kind of presumptuous to think that the Chiefs schedule is much harder down the stretch right. than, than the Bills is. So even if they win this week, I think the Bills are probably still, with their easy schedule, are still yeah. probably in line to, to have have a top seed. Also the notion, and maybe he was hamming it up a little bit, that the Raiders will be out of it by the time they meet again, so no problem. Believe me, when the Chiefs come here, whether I mean, unless Derek Carr's hurt or they have like mass injuries, the Raiders are probably going to play the Chiefs tough. Because they're, you know, on a, on a most basic level, they're not doing what they did last year, which was acting like stubborn asses on defense. Yeah, that's, that's use true. the right approach that everyone else has been using. It doesn't mean that you're going to stop the Chiefs, but you can't open the floodgates by not following the, the lead of the rest of the league on defense. Yeah, and last year they they said, "Hey, we're going to do what we do. Right. And we're not going to no, use the no. blueprint that everybody else has." And by the way, the blueprints change on the Chiefs, so. Yes. It is different now because without Tyreek Hill, it's a different offensive system. And uh, the way that people played them last year actually is the way that would be very bad to play them this year because of the way that they run things. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller 7-8-364-1100. JVT and Fox Sports Radio host a great silver and black after party. It's right across the street from the stadium at Crazy Horse 3. Better said, Crazy Horse 3 and the ladies of CH3 host the party. It starts at 5 o'clock. You get out there, there's free entry, there's drink specials, awesome kitchen. Right now, we're going to give away a table, free entry for four. Actually, we'll give away multiple tables, and Ari will hook you up with uh, some sort of drinkage. He'll give you the details. Call our 7-8-364-1100, Crazy Horse 3. This Sunday, get in as a VIP for the after party. 
Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Grab back time. Cofield, Adam Hill, Ari's here. Congrats to all our winners today. And again, uh, John Von Tobel out at the Silver and Black after party. Starts at 5 o'clock following the game next week. So we'll qualify some more people for the big party next week. Let me get that right. Who's the most evil McDaniels? Because I think a lot of people give Josh McDaniels a hard time. Mike McDaniel? Dolphins? No ping pong table? What? Now player driven. Mm-hmm. That was a Tyreek Hill and the captain's decision. Tyreek Hill is now making decisions on what's fun and what's captain. not. He's captain. Oh, boy. He Why said, is he a captain? What do you... He was voted by the players. He said, we need to focus. Focus on the game plan, not the ping pong. Raiders have a ping pong table? No. What? No. Uh, So both McDaniels. Raiders do have some games, though. Okay. Okay. What are they? Uh, There's there's bags. Cornhole game. Cornhole's fun. Amik Robertson says he's never been defeated. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lot, that's on the the defensive side. Do they play it on the logo or around the logo? Can you no. throw the uh, sacks over the logo? No, it's on the defensive side okay. of the locker room. On the offensive side, there's a chess board. Is that right? Do uh, you want to guess who the best chess player is in the locker room? John Abram. Uh, you said offense. Well, anybody can play, but it's on the offensive side of the Jermaine program. Illuminor. That was, that was somebody else's guess because yeah. he's British and they just think he's smart. He was playing classical music in the locker room the other day. Really? Okay. <laughs> uh, it's actually Matt Collins, who br- who brought in a timer and put it next to the chessboard. And I asked him why, and he said uh, the special teams guys take forever to make their moves because <laughs> they have nothing else to do. Okay, so we need to move it along. So we're playing faster. If you ask about this at a press conference, will you get screamed at by Raider Nation for not sticking the football? Probably. Okay, uh, only I, after a win. I ask in the locker room, Idiots. just around the guys. Uh, not the players, the Raider no, Nation, no. some of Raider no, no. Nation asking for just football questions during press conferences. Okay. And then only tweeting about non-football right. questions and getting excited about them. No questions about Max Crosby and his baby. Once it's here, <laughs> we're not interested. Well, that was a football, football. question. That was a football question because he yeah. almost didn't play or he wouldn't have played. Yeah. Uh, also, there's video games and a lot of special teams guys playing video games. too. It's like a four-player battle royal in a Super Smash Bros. Nice. And I always see like it's Trent Sieg. AJ Cole, Daniel Carlson, and then an offensive lineman that's always jumping in there with him. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Do you try to talk to Illuminor a bunch? Every day. Okay. Every you just day. like the accent? No, he's just he's always he's interesting. Okay. What's he say about London? Because mm-hmm. we got some problems in London right now. Isn't a New York Giant still detained yeah. in London? He can't get back to the US? We Scottish. Oh. Apparently, he moved to the U.S. when he was in high school and just stayed. And never, never buttoned up all the paperwork. Never actually got his visa. Now they're like, you're home. <laughs> yeah. 
He ain't going back. Yeah. Essentially, that's what's going on. Wow. So he's still there. They expect oh, him to Sean be back. Sean Landetta rolling over in his grave. They expect him to be back here for the weekend to be able to play. I hope he's alive. I'm not sure. That could be a tech. Just was looking for any Giants punter. It's a good one. We'll see. Uh, they think he's going to be back. They think they're going to fix this, but uh, did not have his paperwork in order. So he's he was ordered to stay back in London and not fly back with the team, which that does suck. hopefully get first class. But to, to go from the team plane to commercial, that would suck. It's like a middle seat on Thomas Cook Airways. It's a terrible airline, by the way. Awful. It's the spirit of, of England. Stick your hand in there, Dave. There's nothing better than politicians getting embroiled in sportsdom when they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Right? We've had we had Ted Cruz with the basketball ring, not a hoop. Basketball. We had ring. was it John Kerry? Did he did he blow it like well, Ohio State, Michigan? Wasn't there something along those lines? He did something. Something like right? that. You can't you can't make mistakes. And there's Chris Christie who was hated as the governor of New Jersey just because he was Chris Christie, but also he was a Cowboys fan like so many schmucks that I grew up with. My age, who were like, man, Jets and Giants, they're not winning. I want to go for the winning team, America's team. People hated him for that. <laughs> and now you've got this weird race between Fetterman in Pennsylvania and Dr. Oz, while Oz lives in what? Alpine, New Jersey? <laughs> yeah. And he's running for governor in Pennsylvania. So that whole, hey, he's not really a Pennsylvanian thing is working. And now what? Well, he's a Cowboys fan. Is he really a Cowboys fan? Well, there's or is Fetterman just like making it up just to no, smear him? Uh, there's a billboard with him at AT&T Stadium oh, no. as a Cowboys fan, and Fetterman has put it up on a billboard at the link ahead of the big Eagles-Cowboys showdown to remind all of Pennsylvania that, hey, Dr. Oz, not from here, the coup de tay, uh disaster of a couple weeks ago, uh, Dr. Oz is a Cowboys fan, and that will be seen by everybody going to the Eagles-Cowboys game this week. Seems like some brilliant uh, political advertising to me. I mean, he didn't ask for it. He stepped into the situation, so he's going to get it. Like, I don't, I don't, he hasn't been out. I'm sure he's tried to scrub everything public that has him listed as a Cowboys fan. And here, I doubt he's actually a fan of anything. Wasn't, I think it was. Besides coup it, I think Christie did go, did he, maybe he did go to an Eagles game or a Giants game and was rooting for the Cowboys. He sat in the booth. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He sat in the owner's box with Jerry Jones. Yeah. Like, what are you, crazy? He's <laughs> nuts. This one, this, first of all, if you, I mean, if you're somebody that's going to vote for him anyway, you're probably an awful person. But the, if this changes your mind, you're probably just as bad of a person. If you were supporting the awful candidate that is Dr. Oz, and you're like, not anymore, he doesn't cheer for my eagles, you're kind of an idiot. Good pronunciation there. Yeah. That's how they say it. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Wooder and eagles. I'm not saying they're all weird, but a lot of the or several of the biggest known sports insiders for their sport are odd guys. Sure. Like Schefter is really awkward. Yeah. Just foot and mouth disease every three months or so, tweets something really stupid, doesn't think it through in the repercussions. What is wrong with Jeff Passan? I guess he got into a battle. I didn't even know that uh, Verlander's, is Verlander's brother a media person? Ben Verlander? I've seen that name. I didn't know it was his brother. Yeah, and they started going back and forth, and I guess joking about whatever, man. They, it ended with Jeff Passan talking about Verlander loving Otani, and he tweets out that, uh, you know, every time you talk about Otani, uh, Otani, Otani, you're down on your knees. <laughs> okay. Which, I'd be careful with stuff like that. Sure. 
So he deleted it, passed and deleted it, and then he sent out an apology. So he's a weird dude too. Passon's very fiery. Which it's, at this point, you when you're the biggest baseball insider, you're going to get guff from you know the average jabroni, you know, John with seven numbers after it. People are gonna argue with you. Take it as a compliment. Why are you freaking yeah. punching down? Yeah. And I, I think it's more and you you mentioned some of the some of the other the NFL insiders too. Like Passon does regular spots on McAfee and he tries to like participate like he's one of the guys. And it's just so dis- it's so disconcerting and awkward and uncomfortable. He's just not human. <laughs> He's not human. No. Well, some people aren't cut out for trash talk. True. Very true. And they're not cut out for criticism either. And oftentimes, if you're not cut out for it, that's the kind yeah. of people that go way too far. Like, yeah, that's not how this works, man. You don't you don't do that. You don't like you're not like ah, you suck at this. And like, yeah, well, you're mother. Like, whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. You're part of the jerk store. Yeah. What, whatever. What are you doing? Whatever the line was. I'm sure you have it memorized. Yeah, Jerkstar called. They're out of you. It is pretty solid. Yeah. But it was out of nowhere. Yeah. It was kind of awkward. Well, I had sex with your wife. <laughs> His wife's in a coma. <laughs> right. Sean Landetta is alive. Woo. See, we got Thank awkward. Yeah, no, you, I just, you know. Hope I he doesn't die in the next two days. That's on you. Please. Please. I didn't say it. Scrub it from the archives. Speaking of. The edited archives with all the stupid stuff we said today will be up at LVSportsNetwork.com. Ari, please, please, please help us out. Please. Marcus Arroyo Show is on the way.